cannabis topics in less than 10 minutes. Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Dime. I'm Brian Fields, and with me, as always, is Kellen Finney. And this week, we've got a very special guest, Hillary Peckham, COO of Etain Health. Hillary, thanks for taking the time. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Earlier on, I read a, a story that said you had a little hesitation about joining up and kind of entering the space. Can you kind of share a little bit about that story? Well, that's twofold, right? Because, you know, not only was it entering the cannabis industry, which really was not something that was in my purview, um, I had studied piano in college, my sister studied ceramics. And this was not something that we really participated in. And it was until I learned about all these anecdotal stories of people having sort of life-changing outcomes from using cannabis that I got on board. But it's also a family business, right? So that comes with <laughs> its own challenges. So I was like, do I really want to go into business with my mom? And I'm so glad that I did for all, all of the reasons. Uh, beyond the family part, I really enjoy watching and working with my mom. But uh, the opportunity to provide care and compassion to people in New York has been sort of unparalleled for me. When the three of you are sitting around deciding you're going to do this, how, how does the first step work? Is it, we're going to separate responsibilities, we're going to have conversations, you know, take us through that insight. Yeah, so it's actually, you know, uh, I'll say worse as a joke, but worse than that. But <laughs> my husband works for us and my brother-in-law, my cousin and my uh, my twin brother as well. So we have a lot of family uh, in the company. So I think sort of quickly we realized uh, we would need to delegate and give people specific roles so that we weren't up in each other's business, which obviously happens anyway, because we all are a close family. But my sister is in charge of cultivation, my uh, brother-in-law in charge of production, and he's an engineer. So all the manufacturing and automation that goes into our products. Uh, my husband is the CIO. So he's in charge of all the information and technology data um, collection. I'm in charge of operations uh, just because I'm very bossy. And then my mom is the CEO. <laughs> um, and uh, we all answered to her. Uh, and then um, we've just created, you know, structure. I think the value of having family is you have a group that's extremely committed. Uh, yeah. speak, speaking on cannabis, was there something from a medical benefit that earlier on you guys connected with as a family that led you to wanting to be involved here? So my grandmother was diagnosed with ALS and that is a terminal illness. And she was put on 22, 25 different medications. And all of those have interactions with each other that can be worse than the disease itself. And a doctor had actually recommended that we try to find cannabis. And at that point, there wasn't a legal mechanism to do so. So we weren't able to do that for my grandmother. My mother, who was her caretaker at the time, started researching and was I, like, I think this is a great opportunity. And then for me, I had had a hip surgery that failed. And so I actually lost the use of my right leg for two years. And so I had to relearn how to walk. And I personally saw how pain is mismanaged. So I was in college at the time. And the only thing that I could be given was really Adderall and Percocet to try and get through my day, which is really not providing me quality of life. And so I became very like anti-pain medication and seeing the opportunities that this provided primarily like long-term pain patients for relief, um, just sleeping at night and those kind of things was something that really captured my attention. What would you like to see the medical program do differently? So, you know, unfortunately, I think it's a little too late, right? Um, 
I think that uh, with adult use being so imminent and they're going to open the program with so many more dispensaries for adult use than they've allowed in the medical program, I, I worry about the viability in the future like at all. Uh, and I think there's some great qualities of the medical program in New York. The quality of products really is unparalleled and they're very trustworthy. Um, but uh, I, I don't know that that will last uh, into the future. Um, I'd like to see, you know, more product categories being allowed. We were never allowed food products and those kinds of things. Uh, but we also were able to make adaptations to that. So we made a water-soluble powder that you can cook with. So that allowed our patients to be able to make their own products through that. But I, I'm not sure, you know, at this point, I think uh, really bringing greater awareness to the fact that the medical program exists, that for people who are looking at this as a medical treatment, the program is exceptional. You get access to pharmacists and doctors who can help you and guide you holistically, both with traditional pharmaceutical medication and cannabis to give uh, and treat your whatever you're sort of ailing from. Um, but I'm not sure that there's much to do at this point. I think what's really going to be imperative to making sure that the medical program lasts is allowing medical products to be sold out of all dispensaries, which includes the new ones coming online for adult use and allowing the current operators early entry into the adult use program. I want to turn to the inner workings of the, the business for a vertical integrated company is extremely challenging. You're managing somewhere it's up to six different businesses simultaneously. So how does like something like that go on? And can you take us kind of the inner workings on some of the challenges of, of overseeing an opportunity like that? So I think right now the the biggest challenge is the changes that are upcoming and, and the and the unknown. But really the the main focus is on regulatory compliance. And so that really dictates every everything that we do. And so you have to make sure that not only are you following the state regulation, but you've got like OSHA workplace safety recommendations. You've got the federal CGMP regulations for how to handle food products and pharmaceuticals. And so those really are um, sort of the main core foundation of how how we um, how we function. And it's with sort of the mindset of compliance. Uh, but you do have to learn everything. And, and then um, now we're getting big enough <laughs> uh, that it's nice to have people who can just specialize in certain areas, uh, but you're going to have to be able to oversee everything through, through to, to sale. What is one factor statistic operating in the cannabis industry that would shock others to know? I think the dirty secret of the cannabis industry is no one's making money. I think everyone thinks that there is so much money to be made. But when you factor in particularly 280E, just about nobody is making money in the cannabis industry. And so I think people need to be very wary before they enter or they take on loans or leverage themselves in any way for what the financials actually look like. And so I, I worry uh, that people get caught up thinking it's going to be a great business. And right now it is still very, very tough. When you started your journey in the cannabis space, what did you get right? And most importantly, what did you get wrong? I think we've changed just about everything from where we started and where we are now. So I, I think that being very nimble is what we got right. And then I don't see an issue with sort of getting everything wrong as long as you're willing to change it. So <laughs> I think we got everything wrong, but we've been able to adapt to make sure that we are making those changes very quickly and as the market demands them. 20 years from now, we will look back and say, that was barbaric. I can't believe we did that in the cannabis industry. What is that? Well, I think that uh, currently the, the regulations that we operate under ha have not made much progress 
from seven, eight years ago when our primary regulator was the Bureau of Narcotics Enforcement in, in New York State and very much still treated as though we are sort of drug traffickers. Um, like it was in that in mind that we are dealing an illicit substance. And so if you look at the regulations that we have today um, and how sort of little we've moved on them over time. I think it will be kind of silly once, especially once adult use opens, but we get 20 years out from now and we see all the opportunity that we have if you had expanded regulations. You could sum up your experience in a main takeaway or lesson learned to pass on to the next generation. What would it be? I think the main thing I've learned is how to learn and promote others uh, in a way and using that to um, sort of better myself. And so I think that the biggest opportunities that I've seen and growth is when I've allowed other people to do things uh, and sort of given up control and really trying to surround myself with good people that I trust and make sure it's people you trust, I think would be really important. But we've been able to accomplish so much more by allowing more people to kind of thrive and give them opportunities within this company. Um, And that's been both very rewarding and and helpful for me to grow and learn as an employer and a business owner too. So so Hillary, for our listeners, they want to get in touch. They want to buy Etain's product. Where can they find you? You can find us all over. So we have an Instagram page, Twitter. Um, our website is just www.etainhealth.com. Um, or you can email us at info at Any questions, we have Facebook, everything. Uh, so that we're pretty easy to find. Um, and we love hearing from everybody. So uh, please reach out. Everyone go buy the powder in New York. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for your time. This was fun, Hillary. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, host of Casually Baked, the podcast. If you're curious to explore the highly responsible side of cannabis, farming, and legalization, I'm here to help lighten the stigma and build your can of confidence. Download episodes now of Casually Baked, the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. And journey with me through the evolving cannabis culture and discover how and why people like you are adding cannabis to their wellness toolkit. It's time to get casually baked.